Good afternoon everybody and welcome to Transcending Together with Julianne and Lee. Good afternoon beautiful and amazing human beings. I hope you are all exceptionally well today and have recovered from what has got to be the terrible Tories absolutely worst ever conference for the LGBTQ plus community. But before we talk about that, I wanted to just share with you that we are trying out going to video podcasting. So the normal audio will obviously broadcast live, but we're also, while while we are in the show, we're going to be recording the two of us. So a week later, because it gives me some time <laughs> to do my uh, preparations and get everything put together, you'll be able to watch it on the Substack so, and on YouTube uh, and on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. So <laughs> wherever you choose to get your podcasts, you will find it there. So yeah, um, hopefully this will all work out very well and you can actually get to see what the two of us actually look like in real life. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the Tory party conference, I think if you recall last week, I lamented and I said, honestly, how much worse can these people get? Like when is enough enough? And they have surpassed even themselves this time around. What do you say, Lee? Yes, indeed. You know, I've just sort of like picked up on on bits and pieces of of what's been going on, and I think his his closing speech was, yeah. I mean, he he's gone ahead and criticised the wokeness as being absurd, and he's turned around and stated, a man is a man, and a woman is a woman, and it's just common sense. And you know, I think. A lot of the feedback that I've been seeing on social medias is that he's either just won the next election for the Tories or he's just ended his career. But it's more people are saying he's just won the next election for the Tories. Um, So I thought that was quite interesting. That's on Twitter, you say? Yes, I've been following that on Twitter. Yeah, so I think for starters... Where I would challenge that is we all know the adults have left the room on Twitter and it is a seething cesspit of right-wing sentiment. So I'm not entirely surprised that everyone on Twitter feels the same way. And and yeah, go ahead, you know, have at it. I think the thing which really astounds me is that we are surprised because I'm not at all surprised. Although the only thing I am surprised about is that they... Rishi Sunak has actually managed to deliver on one of the things that he promised to deliver on, and that was to create a culture war. So to that extent, yeah, that we're on. And I think for me, it's more laying down the gavel. Um, is that the right word? Um, <laughs> he's laid down a challenge to Labour for Labour to decide which way they're going to fall on this. And mm. I'm more interested to see whether... Keir Starmer follows them to the right or decides to break left. And that, to me, will speak volumes, I think, because we always knew the Tories were going to do this. We know that that's what they're like. They are terrible Tories, especially the current cabinet. And so they don't surprise me. What I'm hoping is that we can be surprised by Labour. And 
I think if they don't break left and the Lib Dems continue to break left like they have been doing, I think Labour's in a lot of trouble. And I don't think they'll actually form a government on their own. I think they will need a coalition. So Absolutely. And, you know, men are men and women are women and trans women are women and trans men are men. I mean, we agree on that. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some of us are just non-binary. Some of us are whatever we say we are. Yeah. The whole thing is it's just absolutely ludicrous and insane and Normally, I'm the one that watches the news, but I just knew I it wouldn't be good for my mental health to watch any of the stuff from the conference. I've chosen instead to watch left-wing commentators like Owen Jones and getting their sort of sanitized view of it. So what do you think about the labor prospects and, and things like that, Lee? Well, I think... The game of politics is really about saying the things that you think will resonate with voters the most, you know. So I think it's a case of saying whatever you need to say in order to get that tick in the box. But whether they actually follow through on, you know, their their election manifestos is a different story. And I think both sides uh, or all political parties will 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 say anything at this stage to get people on on board. And like like you've just mentioned, he said a man is a man. He didn't go any further than that. It's kind of like an open statement and we agree with that if you're a man and you identify as a man you can be a man you are a man yeah <laughs> yeah so it's not like he was outrightly coming out and, and saying you you're not a woman if you were born male kind of thing but it's enough for people out there hearing that message to go yay <laughs> you know we'll vote for this government because they'll sort out this woke nonsense and I think in terms of Labour, what they can come out with is also going to have to be something that their potential voters want to hear and perhaps not necessarily follow through on as history proves. Yeah. So so you're saying they should break right but intend to deliver left in order just to win the election? Is that what you're saying? I, I think they need to to go where they're going to get the the vote. So if that's going right, then certainly that might be um, where they tend to go. Um, I think one one of the things, so we were discussing that that article um, this morning um, on what was her name? Um, the work, work, is it the Works and Pensions Minister? Oh, yes, the, uh, the Labour one, the shadow. Yes. Shadow, yes. Something works and pensions, yeah. What was her name? Yeah, you'll have to look. <laughs> we were it just up. talking about it this morning, Liz Kendall. Liz Kendall, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, she's she's a new cabinet appointment, a recent reshuffle, and she seems to be right leaning. So, is that like an early indication of of where Labour might be going because they think they'll get more support? and more votes by going that way. We'll, we'll see what the, the conference brings. Yeah, I mean, we were joking because we wondered if she listened to the show. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> that's pretty much what I was saying. I mean, I, I don't think anyone really disagrees with the fact that if you're able to work, you should work because of the mental health benefits and everything else above and beyond the paycheck, which is essentially what she was saying as well. I think the 
the challenge with all of these things is how do you measure capable of work? I think that's where there is some questions. There's a lot that she didn't really have answers to. You know, things like if you are like in my situation where I've been dragged kicking and screaming back into the office, that has an impact on childcare. Childcare costs are absolutely astronomical. And one of the reasons a lot of partners choose not to work is because their entire salary ends up being gobbled up by childcare costs. And then they think to themselves, well, you know, I could get just as much positive value out of my life by taking care of my children and being there for my children. So that also gives me a purpose and a function. And I think parenthood, whether it's whichever one of the the two stays home with the children, I think that is an admirable profession. If you're being asked to, to compromise between not seeing your children all day just so that you can pay work to pay for the childcare, they're going to have to come with a different answer to that one. So that's that's an interesting perspective on that one as well. Mm. But I, I mean, I'm that... I'm I'm experiencing that with my stepdaughter and her ten month old. She's due to go back to work next month. She worked in a in a n- nursery prior to being pregnant. And her and her partner have sat down and done the sums. And even though she gets a discount if she puts her her son into the same nursery that she works at, it's going to end up costing them more to go for her to carry on and go back to work. It's just absolutely ridiculous, you know. And yeah. she's like, why, 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 why should I go to work when I'm going to be less well off than than before I had my child when We've looked at the numbers, we've we've looked at all our expenses, and the best course of action is for me not to go back to work and to be with my son a bit longer. It, it's happening all the time. And they, they, they're both young, they're both 22, and don't have well-paying jobs or anything like that. But the two of them just starting out life. It's yeah, hard. it's a powerful it, it's a powerful argument, and like I said, I I think a lot of it comes down to if you think about it, and to be overtly cynical as I generally am. Of course, the government wants more people working because then they get more tax and national insurance, don't they? Exactly. So that I think probably has something to do with it. But yeah, I um I just I don't think there there is an easy straightforward answer to this than to just say people who are capable of working should be working because that's an entirely limiting perspective to take. And I think as well the the thing which really got me thinking both from what you were saying a, a minute or two ago and just hearing off the fringes of what's going on what went on at the Tory conference last week was the extent to which woke will win votes because or, or or being against woke because to what extent has wokeness caused the current cost of living crisis energy companies price gorging supermarkets price gorging water companies price gorging the water companies who ferreted off billions to their shareholders now want to to be allowed to put the price up for water so they can actually pay for the stuff that they should have paid for rather than giving the money to the shareholders in the first place. What's that got to do with woke? You, know, you could you could have a war on woke and get rid of it. It's not going to change the fundamental underlying issues that we currently face in society. And 
that's why I think Labour shouldn't personally shouldn't follow the Tories to the right. They should just ignore this nonsense around woke and all the rest of it and just focus on the core issues that are affecting people on a day-to-day basis. Because for me, that is the thing that will decide the election. As somebody, you need a political party that's going to come up with a viable proposal to the electorate to deal with with the cost of living crisis. And wokeness is not the reason (laughs) for the cost of living crisis, now is it? (laughs) Final thoughts before we go to our first break, Lee? Um, Yeah, I think it would be interesting because from, from my perspective at the moment, I see them both as both parties, both Labour and Conservative, are singing from the same hymn sheet. There is no difference in them. And if Labour doesn't do something drastic, we're going to end up with a Labour party that's dressed in blue instead of Yeah, Tory light, or even Tory, just almost Tory. (laughs) Yeah. So there's got to be a significant... Yeah, there's got to be a significant difference because at the moment, they're both the same. Yeah. And certainly from the LGBT perspective, I think they're both the same. Anyway, let's jump off to a break and we'll be back right after these messages. Oh, I love this. We continue in moments. This is good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK. Many website owners don't like their website hosting company or support provider, but are too scared to move to someone else in case they lose their site or it affects their business. Based in Telford at Purple Prince Media, we will move your website to us free of charge with the best support possible. And if you're looking to start up a business, we're also here to design and build your website from the ground up with unbeatable prices on web hosting and dedicated servers. We're also certified Magento developers, which is the world's biggest e-commerce platform. So rest assured, your online business is just a click away. Drop us an email on hello at purpleprince.co.uk or visit purpleprints.co.uk to get started. Purple Prince Media, the local website company. Ever thought about having your own radio show? Well, now you can, as we're looking for presenters to join our team. No experience is needed and minimal equipment required. For more information, email info at transradiouk.com. Trans Radio UK. Tune in via DAB in Ireland. Download our app via your smart speaker or online at transradiouk.com. Malcolm here. Don't go anywhere as we bring you some more trucking, great music and jazz here on Trans Radio UK. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. I hope you are refreshed, fed and watered. And um, I've just topped up my mate, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. Mm. I've just finished my coffee. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just during the break, we were we were chatting about <laughs> Lee said, and on top of everything else, now World War Three has broken out um, <laughs> in in the Middle East, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> woke didn't cause that either, and in fact, it's it's wokeness that underlines it's the qualities of being woke, which is about empathy, compassion consideration, open-mindedness, all of those Unity. Things. Unity. If that's what being woke is, I'm, I'm up for that. I'll be that. I certainly don't want to be one of these narrow-minded bigots who can't see the difference between the Israeli government. And I make the point very specifically 
that it's the Israeli government, not Jewish people. There is a difference, believe it or not, dear listeners, between the two, because in fact, there are a lot of Israelis that aren't actually Jewish either. So the Israeli government is an apartheid state. And Lee and I both know this because we grew up Mm. in an apartheid state and we know what it looks like. And it looks exactly the same. So, yeah. So the Israeli state is the problem. And like it was in South Africa, it was a South African state that was the problem. It wasn't necessarily South African people. People. They were as badly abused, if you like, by their government. So many people died fighting wars in Angola, which had nothing to do with South Africa. So, yeah. All the brainwashing that went along with it. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it takes years and years, decades to deprogram a population that's firstly been so badly traumatized, but also taught to behave in a particular way towards another group of people. Mm. And that is something. Yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about that at length, so I don't think we need to sort of go back over that ground. But yeah, it just seems like things are a little bit out of control at the moment. And this whole thing around back to work and people going to work and getting people out back in the workforce and all the rest of it. And I do think that just based on my own personal experience at the moment is that on the one hand, we're being told that we are destroying the planet with our rabid consumption of carbon. And then we're told, but you have to go into the office, which burns carbon. And Lee was talking last week about the likelihood of us having a carbon credit (laughs) of amount of carbon that we're allowed to consume. And it'll be, you know, I wonder... Would they include commuting to and from work when they've told everybody they need to go to work? Do you think they would include that in your carbon credit? Or would that be given as a, like, we don't count the carbon you burn going to and from your office? (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting point. But don't forget that in the future, we're all going to be living in these 15-minute smart cities. So um, your your work will be a, a... at the most, a 15-minute footwalk to get to well, the office. Well, not if Richie has his way, because he wants to... That's all woke. 15-minute cities are woke. So he doesn't <laughs> want to do that, does he? It's it's what he wants. He, he says whatever he thinks the electorate want to, to hear. But we know that they're, they're, they're going to do it anyway. And what's, your, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, I know we've chatted offline a bit about yeah. this whole carbon thing. I know you've got lots of uh, lots of thoughts on this. So. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my thoughts are, first and foremost, we need to be like animals that we share the planet with and, and have respect for the planet that we live on. And we don't do that very well at all. So I think that's the most important thing is to put the planet first and, you know, to respect the planet and, and do what you can to not, continue on this path to destruction live harmoniously live harmoniously with them like ancient civilizations and cultures used to back in the day but i think the whole um, climate change narrative is a fear-based narrative yes climates change and they have been since day one we've had several ice ages and 
several lots of ice ages, and I think it's been used as a fear-based tool to manipulate people while not actually, at the end of the day, pushing the message forward about living in harmony with the planet that we live on. It's all about control and it's, it's you've done this and you've done that and we mustn't burn fossil fuels because that's the problem. I think a lot of people in this narrative tend to forget that we're a carbon-based system and we breathe out yeah. carbon <laughs> dioxide and, and plants, you know, they, they breathe in carbon dioxide and they, they give us oxygen and there's a symbiosis there and... I just think it's 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 the narrative of of fear to get people to comply to what you need to do. Well, I remember centuries ago when I was at school, um, <laughs> <laughs> and I did A level geography, and one of the things that we looked at was there was a, and I mean this was nineteen eighty seven, nineteen eighty eight, so it was a long time ago. And it was about human impact on environments. And we did quite a lot of case studies and, and research and stuff. But one of the things which I remember learning about was, so this was back in 1987, they were saying, if we continue to destroy the rainforests at the rate at which we are destroying them, we will remove the, the amount of lungs out there, the trees that are breathing in this carbon dioxide, and it will cause a rise in carbon dioxide, mm -hmm. which will then have an effect of warming ocean temperatures and the greenhouse effects and, and all of that. So the science is quite old on this one. It's well established, and it does make you wonder, how do you grow forests? Well, you feed them. You feed them what they need to breathe. And what they need to breathe is carbon dioxide. Dioxide. So when are we going to stop destroying the rainforests? You see, I think this is the thing. I, I, I often feel like, you know, me doing my bit for recycling is a bit like arriving at the aftermath of an earthquake with a dustpan and brush and saying, how can yeah. I help? Yeah. It's institutional consumption of carbon and burning of carbon, that is the challenge. And, you know, that's certainly where I, I land on it. I do think, like I said last week, I do think that we are having an impact. And a big part of that impact is the rapacious consumerism that the entire global economy seems to be driven by. I recently <laughs> took a, a dabble and bought some stuff from Timu. <laughs> And this isn't a product placement, by the way, and not a recommendation for them either. The stuff wasn't too bad. But the thing is, like, you go onto their site and there's just hundreds of thousands of stuff that you didn't know you needed. When you think, okay, well, it's only 75p, I'll buy one of those. I'll give it a try. Let's see. And that's that rapacious consumerism where we're just buying, buying, buying stuff that we don't necessarily need and there's a really good ad at the moment for and and it's on mainstream media which i think is a good thing which was it's a company i'm trying to think what they call themselves back market also not a plug but they offer upcycled and recycled mobile phones and i think that's brilliant i mean i've just had to upgrade my mobile phone because i failed to follow 
the advice of other motorcyclists and didn't get a vibration dampening cradle and in the protest in the protest in the process <laughs> destroyed the camera so now when i try to use the camera it's like it's eyes twitching and everything uh, it just doesn't focus which is exactly what happens when you don't use a vibration dampener so that wasn't fixable that certainly wasn't fixable for the amount of money it would cost to replace it so in that case yeah you know i've replaced it because the thing that i had was no longer working not as a consequence of built-in obsolescence but because i didn't use the product in the manner in which it was intended to be used so that's on me i mean it was an iphone 12 and i replaced it with an iphone 14 because i don't need an iphone 15 i just needed to replace it with something a little bit more up to date and i generally have always stayed sort of one behind the curve if you like because it just costs an absolute fortune otherwise i've been rambling on now <laughs> <laughs> do you want to unpack what i've done <laughs> all the nonsense i've been talking we, we were talking about um our impact on on the climate and um you know i think you raised a very valid point about the the rainforests and and things like that because you know i recently read something i think one of the ideas that i think bill gates might have come up with is to chop down a whole bunch of trees and bury them under the ground to balance out the the carbon effect i might need to have a look at that in the in the break uh, another thing that was quite popular when we were younger was the hole in the ozone layer. And then that goes all quiet. Yeah, so that's gone save very the rain. quiet, hasn't it? Well, yes, it's, it's, the, it's because the narrative changes. It's the same kind of environmental effect. But, you know, people were saying, save the trees and then save the ozone. And now it's, it's gone from global warming to climate change to now global boiling. You, you know, it's like, it's like hard <laughs> to keep up because they, they keep changing the terminology to make it, I think, sound more, more fearful and, and more scary and, you know, training people to be more compliant with these things because you're not going to turn around and go, oh, no, I'm, I'm not doing that. You're so programmed in, into that way of thinking that you don't even ask, think to question it. Yeah, I mean, there's a statistical method, which is the Pareto principle, which is 80-20, right? So 80% of something is usually responsible for 20% of the other. And thing, I would say that 80% of the climate change crisis is caused by 20% of the population. And that, I would say, 19.999 recurring percent of the population is corporate industry and us you know reducing our carbon it's it's the dustpan and brush thing we're gonna just jump to a quick break just keeping an eye on the time there so we're gonna go to a quick break and when we come back lee will hopefully have found that thing about bill gates <laughs> see you in a bit oh i love this we continue in moments this is good yes yes you're locked to trans radio uk are you trans and non-binary and feel like drugs or alcohol are impacting your life negatively why not check out trans sober we're a grassroots peer support group for the community by the community Find us at www.transsober.org and join us online or come to one of our weekly drop-ins. We also offer other useful resources. 
Trans Radio UK, a global radio station the whole LGBTQ plus community can be proud of. Did you know you can advertise with us for less than a pound a day? Call 0207 856 0584 or email sales at transradiouk.com. Win £25,000 and help truck listens at the same time. Enter the Rainbow Lottery and click Truck Listens as your chosen organisation. And not only can you win £25,000, 50p of every ticket purchased will go to Truck Listens. Please see www.transradiouk.com and click Win £25,000 for more details. Trans Radio UK is on right now. Across the UK and beyond. Now, now, more of the music you love. Trans Radio UK. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. So, yes, Lee did go away and do a bit of a rummage, and we've kind of found two different aspects to this. So, what are they, Lee? Okay, so so the one um, theory is cutting down millions of acres of trees in in the name of of climate change and and the idea behind that is with all the wild fires and forests and things like that and and the dead burnt out trees so kind of chop the trees down before they burn in wildfires and yeah a, a lot of it has been like debunked but there is a company called wait for it uh kodama k o D-A-M-A Systems, which is a forest management company based in the States. And basically, this is this is their kind of like argument. And they've received 6.6 million from Bill Gates's climate fund breakthrough energy ventures to kind of like do, I don't know, research experiments. Um, and it's about the broader carbon removal of burying these burnt out trees from, from the wildfires. Yeah, I guess that that makes sense. You know, if the trees are already dead, so they will have trapped carbon in them. And when they burn, they release the carbon, right? So yeah, the theory being that if you bury those trees, I quite like that idea, actually. Certainly, when we first sort of thought, <laughs> we thought they were going to chop down a whole bunch of uh, growing forests in order to bury them, which doesn't really sit well with me, given that that's probably why we've got this problem in the first place. It it just loops back around, I guess, to I was watching a thing, which is another YouTube channel called um, Fully Charged Show. And they're very, very pot powered. Like like their whole thing is is around EVs and, the, you know, believing that the future of mobility is electric. And they so so they've got a very simple strap line if you like and that is just stop burning stuff <laughs> <laughs> and i think that's kind of right i mean i've always taken a bit of a nuanced view in terms of the petrol engine and the diesel engine because it does to to me it certainly does resonate if you like or just intuitively it doesn't make sense does it to burn something how far have we moved from the industrial revolution where you burned wooden coal to create steam to turn the locomotives and the machines and then we just started burning oil which has in and of itself created massive global conflict as everybody chases after this black gold so I've always intuitively felt that we shouldn't be burning the oil. And I think 
wherever you land on the, the climate change thing, whether it's anthropomorphic, nice big word, mm-hmm. in other words, caused by us, humans, or whether it's just systemic and um, would be happening anyway, anyway, I guess whichever way you, you land on that, you still got to, you can't get away from the fact that it's not sustainable to just continue to burn oil. And it's not just in in our car engines and, and things like that. It's oil is used and gas is used in power stations. They take what they call the dirty crude and they use that in power stations. And obviously gas is burned off. So we're burning stuff there with gas. And so, yeah, I, I think intuitively we can all agree that we shouldn't be burning stuff. I, I think that's that's true. But then one of the ways I can consume less carbon is not commute to the office to go and do the thing that I can actually do from home. And that was one of the things that really, for me, just made so much sense and why I had hoped that the pandemic would have changed the narrative, if you like, in terms of what it means to to work and be a worker and, and be productive. And we did. We proved that we were capable of sustaining the economy where, where professional services people, you know, like myself, like yourself, can be productive wherever they find themselves. There's no underlying reason to get in a car or get on a train because even though the train might be more sustainable than taking the car, absolutely, hands down, your carbon footprint on a train is lower than your carbon footprint in a car. But what if you don't have to be on that train in the first place? You know, this is the thing. And it's still consuming. We're still, in the UK, a lot of our power is now renewable, which is good. That's massive progress. Although, according to Donald Trump, it's causing whales to go crazy. <laughs> the wind farms. But yeah, so I think that's we do have and, and then our, our next sort of tier down or tier up, if you like, is nuclear, which has its own inherent it's a lot cleaner to produce, but it leaves behind a really bad waste product. Mm. So, you know, even that's not sustainable. So and and you are still burning something. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing that, you know, even a nuclear power where you're splitting the atom, you're splitting it to create heat, to boil the water, to turn the turbines. So we're still just running on steam, basically. We've just found another way of making steam. Did steam you know 2. that? Steam 2.0, <laughs> yeah. And steam 2.0, basically. Yeah, we haven't, like, evolved at all from the steam engine. So I think there is a case to be made but, that, sorry, yeah, go for it. But but why haven't we evolved past the steam engine? Why why has there been such a monopoly on, on burning oil and coal and, and things like that? Why, why have technologies or inventions that contradict burning oil and been suppressed? Who, who has the monopoly on, on oil and, and gold? And for me, it's, it's like the, the crisis that we're having is an energy crisis. It's like for too yeah, long, yeah, people have got rich off the back of burning oil. And as you mentioned, it's in these areas in the world where there's a lot of conflict. So there was always a risk to that. But why well, dominate that? Really? 
yeah you think why, about why it. dominate in that area when and and suppress other other you know possibilities of generating energy so the conspiracy theory goes that nikola tesla invented clean energy and it was wireless and whatever you you might believe about tesla i think it's eminently plausible that he did come up with a way to generate free and clean energy. Conspiracy theory goes that J.P. Morgan gave both Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison a grant to come up with a way of generating electricity. And Edison came up with direct current and Tesla came up with alternating current and and generating it free. The what Edison came up with was burn some water to create steam to turn a turbine to charge a battery to deliver direct current. Whereas what Tesla was contemplating was the possibility, and, and I really love this idea, that what he said was that there is friction between the surface of the earth and the atmosphere. And it had to be possible to harness the energy created by that friction, because wherever you get friction, you create resistance. And if you can create resistance, you can create energy. And that's what the Tesla tower was all about, was this big tower that just sat there and just generated power just by virtue of the fact that the earth is rotating and the atmosphere rotates at a different rate to the earth, and that creates energy. And his tower was all about capturing that energy. And J.P. Morgan, apparently what J.P. Morgan said was, but if it's free, how do we make money out of it? And that's what he was all about. And that's why they destroyed Tesla and his reputation and attributed the, the invention of the light bulb and alternating current to Thomas Edison. And that, for me, is one of the biggest... That, that was like one of our tipping points, wasn't it? Where we had this mm. opportunity to embark on a whole new way of generating energy. But because somebody couldn't get rich off it, it was destroyed. And it's, it's sitting in a basement somewhere along with the everlasting light bulb and the engine that runs on water, which, incidentally, we're getting quite close back to now with the hydrogen engine. Mm. Um, which is almost the inverse of that because the only thing, the only byproduct of the hydrogen engine is water itself. So <laughs> you could actually be creating water to water your garden or flush your toilets or whatever every time you drove your vehicle if you captured that output. So yeah, that's interesting. What what do you know about Nikola Tesla? Have you heard of yeah, him? Yeah, basically, basically the same. And like conspiracy theory or not, if you actually read up about it, it does make you wonder, doesn't it? So yeah, conspiracy theory or not, I think a lot of technology has been suppressed because, you know, like with Nikola Tesla, free energy, well, how are we supposed to make money out of it? And remember, JP Morgan's one of those banksters that we, we've spoken about previously, you know, so yeah, it does Rockefeller. make you wonder. Yeah, all, all those those people. And the, the other story that I heard was to... To make more profit from from oil, they marketed it as fossil fuel. You know, something scarce that will eventually run out. So, what 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 happens when you um, add scarcity? It's like, oh, I'll, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. You know, and it's the whole supply and demand thing that you know goes on and on and on. But they marketed it as a fossil fuel because. 
that, you know, oh, it's going to run out and we've got to get some of this before it runs out, and you know. Yeah, they say that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the underlying principle of the economic theory, isn't it? That if you create scarcity, then um, you can increase the price of the thing. And that's that's how they mess around with the oil price now anyway, don't they? So mm. it's is it genuine scarcity or artificial scarcity? And I think that's you know, South Africa's renowned for its diamonds, which turn out diamonds are not as scarce as you might think. And the Oppenheimer family, it was Oppenheimer family, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah they, they just created artificial scarcity by controlling all of the diamond mines, De Beers, that was it, by controlling all of the diamond mines so that they would only release a certain amount to the market in order to keep the price high. And it was quite telling that when the largest diamond seam in the world was discovered in Zimbabwe, the Marangi diamond fields, and were handed over to the Chinese, that De Beers hopped out, they sold off all of their diamond business because they knew they couldn't control the Chinese. They couldn't control the supply that was coming from Zimbabwe. Their own seams were starting to get mined out. So they realized they're going to lose control over managing the scarcity of the item. Mm. So they, they hopped out and that explains a lot. We're going to go to a quick break and we'll be back right after these messages. Oh, I love this. We continue in moments. This is good. Yes, yes. You're locked to Trans Radio UK. If you're transgender, feeling lonely and don't think there's any help available, well, now Trans Radio UK have Truck Listens, a confidential phone service just for you on 0800 009 6640. Talk for some time and you're feeling good It's gone so much better than you thought it would And you're really glad you went and made that phone call That was a small price Go on, make that call. It's a small price. To talk to someone who's both sympathetic and empathetic, call Truck Listens. 0800 009 6640. Truck Listen, listen, listen. Welcome back, beautiful and amazing human beings. So we were just talking about before the break around stop burning stuff. And I guess one of the challenges that we do face is the reason why we have engines is because so the energy is stored in the petrol and it's burned off to create the compression which enables an engine to work. And just thinking about it, we're almost trading one problem for another because if you don't have an internal combustion engine, <laughs> a steam engine basically in your car, you've got to store the energy somewhere to use. And at the moment, we kind of limited by the current battery technology. And obviously inherent in batteries is, you know, the lithium and cobalt mining. Now, one of the things that the guys were talking about in their fully charged show was that for the most part, lithium, they're finding new and ingenious ways to extract it. And that most of the bad press that it gets 
has been overwhelming, overwhelmingly driven by larger commercial interests still tied up with burning oil. The other one is cobalt, which they acknowledge is a problem, but also they've massively reduced the amount of cobalt in batteries. So I do think possibly, you know, if they could come up with a better energy storage device, that's certainly one problem, but you're still burning something to create the energy to store in the battery, aren't you? So someone in that value chain is burning something. And this is where I just come back. I can't get away from what I learned about Nikola Tesla and the fact that if his, and and this was in the 1800s. So if that had followed the same developmental path, we probably would have free energy devices sitting inside cars, propelling them around, just utilizing the power of the planet. And that to me is one of the saddest realizations. What do you think? I, I agree with you. And I think perhaps now with the conflict that's just re-fled up in the Middle East and the fact that we are having an energy crisis, there are more people consuming in in the world. And if they could go into the basement and dust off Tesla's free energy, that would be awesome. Now's the time to bring it out, so to speak. They've got no incentive to do it, unfortunately. And this sort of loops back to what we were talking about in the beginning, that the things, the challenges that are facing us as a civilization are not about whether or not there are trans people. You know, it's we're 0.1% of the population and we're occupying 99% of the di- of the discourse for a problem that doesn't exist. There was a really good article I read over the weekend where someone was saying, that the way to challenge somebody who's who's right leaning is to say to them why are you concerned about this where what what has caused you now to be concerned about it what what's the trigger that's somehow got you agitated because 5 years ago 10 years ago where trans people existed you weren't worried about it then why are you worried about it now and i thought that was a really good way to challenge the way people Think about things. You say, well, I read this and I read that. I'm like, yeah, where did you read it? Is it a trustworthy source? Uh, is it the Daily Mail? <laughs> well, I mean, you, you couldn't, I mean, everything is so right-leaning at the moment. You know, even traditional left-leaning publications like The Guardian are leaning right on this particular issue. And you have to ask yourself, why is it becoming, why, what has caused it to be such a big issue? And I cannot get away from the fact that I believe it's a distraction. It's mm-hmm. a distraction. And woke is not, you know, weaponizing woke, weaponizing the anti-woke sentiment isn't going to solve the cost of living crisis, isn't going to solve the climate crisis. In fact, if you believe the woke people, if we stopped eating meat then we wouldn't have to mow down rainforests to create browsing lands for all the cattle that are roaming around. So surely that there's something in that. So the solutions are woke. <laughs> the cause of the problem is not wokeness. What do you think? You know, as we sort of like touched on it in the beginning where it's living in harmony and balance 
I think that's that's the direction that we need to go in is living in harmony and balance and respect, respecting the planet that we that we live in. And I, I think that becomes difficult when there is a, a certain narrative that that's going around to and I agree with you cause distraction. It's like that old quote, give them bread and circuses and they will never revolt. You know, that always sticks in the back of my mind because it's like, maybe that's why. What what, what is it that they are distracting us from? You know, why all of a sudden is being trans an issue when five, ten years ago people went, because it wasn't in your face all the time. So so what is the distraction that they are trying to cover up or or point us in a different direction. Why is there this narrative now? Yeah. Well, we know why. <laughs> it's everything <laughs> we've we've just spoken about, I guess. About. It, yes. And and that's where I come back to to the point which I made at the top of the show, which was the only hope for this country is for one of the major political parties to break left and not meet the Tories on their battlefield. You know, there's that old Sun Tzu quote that in the art of war is always choose your battlefield because that way you have more control. And what the Tories have done is they've set up a battlefield and they're saying, come over here and fight with us on this anti-woke thing, fight us on woke. Whereas the strategic intelligent thing, if you were Sun Tzu, is you would say, no, I'm not going to fight you on your battlefield. I'm I'm not even going to fight you there. That's not even what I'm going to fight with you about. I'm going to go and I'm going to talk to people about all these other different things that we could possibly be doing for them. And if we don't do that, if this country doesn't do that, and if we continue to break right, then we are all in, you know, we're in a lot of trouble. It's just, it's, we're not in worse trouble. It's just never going to get better. The graft, the grift, the the way in which, you know, these politicians, why go after trans people when you can go after Baroness Moon for, for gorging on PPE contracts? Why go after trans people when you can go after big Tory donors who are getting big fat handouts on, on the NHS? Why go after trans people when you have energy companies being permitted to price gorge? Why go after trans people when water companies are, um, are, are wanting people to pay again? We've already paid once for, to ensure that we have a, a, a stable supply of fresh water. And they took that money and they gave it to shareholders. And now they want to come back and get some more money and say, well, yeah, we need this money because we need to upgrade the, the infrastructure. And the Tories, their, their classic nationalization thing, which they did in the 80s under Margaret Thatcher, was to defund something to the point that it no longer functioned, which is what they're doing to the NHS now, and then argue that the only way to save that is to, is to privatize it. And so that was phase one, if you like. Phase two now is, well, if you want your now privatized public services to continue to be sustainable, you're going to have to pay again because the shareholders have a right, apparently, to get dividends. And that just makes me extremely, extremely angry. And we've talked a lot about socialism, capitalism, all the different economic models that are out there. 
But you have to, even if you're a capitalist, you have to see that this is not sustainable. And unless you are, there was an interesting thing I saw over the weekend that in 1990, the 400 wealthiest people in America had more wealth than than the 50% of the rest of the population put together. By 2012, uh, 2022, that was down to just 215 of the wealthiest Americans had more wealth than 50% of the rest of the population. And if you can't see that that's a problem, then you are not intelligent enough to participate in a civilized society because that is just, that's the difference between ignorance and naivety is naivety is not knowing you didn't know it and acting on something you didn't know. Ignorance is continuing to act despite the fact that you know better. And we should know better. That's kind of where I land on it this week. What about you, Lee? What's your final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think I think in terms of like capitalism, I think people also need to have a look at how corrupted capitalism has become and has transmuted into corporatism because that's what it is now it's corporatism it's not so much the the capitalism where you know if if you work hard and, and and you sell more things and you get a bit more money you know how how the economy used to work but i think it's being being corrupted by by corporatism and i think the, the problem with labor is that they associated with socialism which is associated in, in right-leading people's minds with communism. I think if you can get rid of those connections to, to the past and really say, as the Labour Party, this this is what we, we stand for. A lot of people vote Tory because they like the idea of a, a small government and low taxes. Well, that's not true anymore. So, so, so what are the Conservatives act actually saying? What are they distracting us from? Um, yeah, you, you know, it is. It's they're distracting us from the absolute abject train smash that is the current economy, with all its grift and graft and corruption. And you know, communism failed because while all people were supposed to be equal, some people decided that they needed to be more equal than others. I think that's a quote from George Orwell <laughs> from Animal <laughs> Farm. But um, <clears throat> Yeah, any system that isn't that doesn't stick to its main principles, like socialism works if you accept that we are all created equal and are all equally entitled to certain basic needs being met as as part of our existence in this society. Capitalism is failing because it's become as you say, I like that, it's become corporatism and we've spoken at length about this before with with corporate welfare instead of bailing out the in the 2008 financial crisis instead of bailing out the 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 um mortgage holders um or the mortgagees they they bailed out the mortgage holders mortgage holders and <laughs> nothing changed so we keep having these tipping points where we're at a moment where we could do something so significantly different and let's just hope and pray and be positive that this too shall pass and we as a community just need to continue striving and fighting and sticking to our guns and sticking together and looking after each other and having each other's back so that we can actually make our way through this because it 
late stage capitalism is an ugly place to be just like late stage communism was an ugly place to be. Both will result in repressive regimes, Marxism, fascism, and that's exactly what we're seeing. That's what destroyed communism and that's what's going to destroy capitalism ultimately. So we just got to hunker down, look after each other and and be kind. Yeah, and that reminds me of my favorite quote, which I've mentioned a few times. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Let's stick that, together. Yeah, that is an absolutely wonderful way to end the show. Thank you, everybody, for spending the last hour with us. And if you were around the last two hours with me. And with that, it's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from Lee. Love and light. Wow. Humphrey, we'll leave.